This is Counter Stories, a show by people of color, for people of color, and everyone else. I'm Halili, owner of the other media group, Counter Stories producer, and VP of programming at Ampers. Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church and senior partner at the Dendros Group. Don Eubanks, member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Indians and associate of Dendros Group. Today, we're going to be joining the crew as we talk about movies. When you think about what movies should be on everybody's list to watch, what are some of the movies that come to your mind? I have a running list of like black moves and it comes from uh, my wife and I are always thinking about what movies we need to show our classic that we need to show our kids. Of course, one that is definitely on that list is The Wiz. Um, we we are definite corny The Wiz family. So we can sing all the songs. We can tell you all the different parts. We make references to it all the time. Um, and uh, one of the, my favorite parts of the film is the motif throughout the whole thing where they where Dorothy played by Diana Ross and in the scarecrow Michael Jackson they they keep trying to catch a cab and, and the cabs keep rolling off on them as <laughs> a nod to New York like I knew the Wiz before I knew Wizard of Oz I remember when the new Wiz was done like a TV it was like a TV Broadway version oh um, like the, the NBC the NBC yeah, remix that they like were doing that. where and Neo just... was the Tin Man yeah, and people were just saying like, oh, you know, you say that we're racist, but then you go and make a movie with only black characters. What if the original, you know, Wizard of Oz was like this? And it's like, it was. It was just all white characters. <laughs> like, you understand what you're saying, right? <laughs> That's I liked funny. it a lot. I, I've never seen the original. I will tell you that. I saw the the special that was on TV a few years ago. I didn't realize oh, that there so was you another version. Seen, you haven't seen The Wiz? No. Oh, okay. Movie I'm night. I'm putting it on my list. <laughs> we, we, I, I want to be there when you watch it. Well, maybe not, because then I'll yeah. sing all the songs and you'll, you won't actually get to experience the film. <laughs> I'm not a fan of musicals is the problem. <laughs> and I haven't, I I mean, I, I saw it once and um, haven't seen it since then. And so, you know, it'd be fun to to watch that again. Um, cause I'm sure there were plenty of things going on in that movie that struck me at the time, but then you, you know, you forget if you don't watch it again. Man, Nipsey Russell, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, well, uh, Richard Pryor. You got all the heavy hitters oh. was up in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and that reminds, you know, that reminds me of kind of that genre back then, like Uptown Saturday Night and, oh. you know. There were many kind of movies that came out that for uh, that were making statements, even though they were comedies, even though they mm-hmm. were this, even though they were that, they were still making statements. Uptown and, Saturday uh, Night. That's um, that's that's Bill Cosby and um, uh, Sidney Poitier, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember. I'll never forget. There's that scene where um, they're doing the after school program um, because. Um, Oh, what was her name? Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out. She's everybody's grandmama <laughs> in all the black film style. Um, oh, what was her name? Um, and just because I want her name, that's now it's escaping me. Um, oh wow, I'm gonna lose my card. I'm gonna lose my black card. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Rosalind Cash um, and um, and Lee Chamberlain. Um, Harry Belafonte was in that one too, wasn't he? 
I believe he was. It's been so long Ooh, since I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. And um and I think R- Richard Pryor was in there too. So there was that whole there was a while where 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 they were going in. I remember they um at one point they have to um Bill Cosby and and, and City Point have to have to oh no, that was a different movie. They had to lead a class and I just I just remember the scene where they went in there and they were practicing um going in and resume skills. And so one, they'd send one kid in and he would wear, uh, use black vernacular and they wouldn't even let him in the building. And then they had him go in again and use, you know, and code switch. And all of a sudden he got up to the floors and here here they are learning from cat burglars <laughs> uh, how to so get through life. So that was a different movie though. Yeah, that, 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 that might've been, yeah. uh, it might've been up on Saturday night, but uh, um, it, it might've also been... Um, Oh, that's gonna bug me. I, it'll come back to me. It's been a while since I've I've looked at the at the black exploitation era. Well, you know, uh, let's refer to Don and his Zoom background. Well, oh, yeah, smoke I mean, signals. You know, <laughs> I, I was sitting here thinking, you know, if I'm thinking like in particular genres, like like uh, movies for uh, that, I think instilled some some sense of native pride. Mm-hmm. There, where it wasn't coming from the dominant culture's perspective, you know, like uh, uh, the other day, how the West was won mm. was on TV, and I actually use a photo from that from that movie as background when I'm doing when I used to do my presentations on historical trauma. Because mm-hmm. even how it's you know how the West was won meant someone lost, <laughs> and someone's who lost was us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly how it was portrayed in that movie. But I guess on the indigenous side, you know, smoke signals would be one of those one of those shows that I would um, try to encourage my my kids to watch um, mm. because it was one of the first ones that was written, produced, and created by um, indigenous folks, right? Alex, mm. Alexi Sherman. But there was one prior to that called Powwow Highway, which, as far as I can remember, was one of the first films, again, that, that portrayed uh, um, a truly kind of his. Uh, uh, indigenous perspective. When I think of other early movies, there aren't that many. You know, yeah. we could go back to Billy Jack. Oh, Billy Jack. But, so, you know, <laughs> Billy Jack was borderline because it wasn't yeah. made and created by us. Right. Right? And then anything other in that genre, like Little Big Man or even or even Kevin Costner's attempt. Oh, you know, Lord. You know, with his uh, and, and dances my, with wolves, <laughs> with dances with wolves. You know, in his attempt to kind of humanize indigenous folks, he still dehumanized the groups that they were in conflict with. So, <laughs> it, but it, there was a, well, I one of it, my good friends is Mohican, and the thing she hears the most is, "Aren't they all? Didn't they all die out because of that one movie?" So because of Last any, of the Mohicans. You know, <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, we you know didn't they all die out? That's what the movie basically portrayed, and she's just like, "Well, it's a Hollywood movie, like, you know." But you know, so for on indigenous side, there aren't that many. Um, 
and until we get up to current day, like Reservation Dogs, you know, the little series that, that that's happening mm-hmm. now. And they can watch that at the same time. And um, so, you know, on that side, because I'm like, you know, Anthony, there are other movies that, you know, on my black side that, yeah. you know, that that um, I can think of that instill that kind of sense of pride that um, we're actually entertaining but also making social statements yeah and um yeah i mean yeah you you go back and 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 you look at what movies have done too right and the compromises that we've had to make over the years especially when you look historically to just get on the screen i think of hattie mcdaniel's in an imitation of life um you know which which i think is on my list but for very different reasons so so we don't always have a pure callback to be able to do which version, of life. Anthony? So again, the, well, that's the versions are the problem, right? So there's two um, versions. There's the original 19, was it 31? 1930-something. Um, 30-something version. The black and white version, and then there's the, the, the 50s version. Now, what's interesting is the black and white version deals pretty directly with the racialized issues, the co-opting of her pancake recipe for, for this Aunt Jemima and anything, and her daughter's um, who's 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 we never get the official story of how she ended up biracial. So we don't know if it's the product of rape or if it's the product of a real relationship. But this single mother shows up on the doorstep of this white woman who then steals her basically steals her pancake recipe, but keeps her a nice house and room. She she be, she becomes this rich um, for black folks as far as black folks is concerned, this rich um pillar of black community but most of the stories about this white woman you know and 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 her this black woman's daughter who's light skinned enough to pass and hates herself and and doesn't find her her and 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 hates her mother for being black um uh, because it causes problems for her it's a very complicated and complex story that's told she, and i cuz she's trying to pass cuz she's trying to pass it's exactly. I, I think it's a must see story that raises all the things you're not going to like all the language you're not going to like the representations but i think the subject matter is cool what's fascinating and i try to tell this when i t- teach in the ethnic studies realm is by 1950s the 1950s version attempts to scrub almost all of the complex juice out of it to the point where you, you're not even sure what the themes are, even though the story is kind is is kind of similar to the first one. It's a really interesting piece of the 1950s one pulling uh, uh, lighter punches than the 1930s one, which I find fascinating, and it can it can it makes you think different. But imitation I of mean, life. I mean, 1930s they made this movie even for this mm-hmm. t- topic to be covered in the 30s. That's pretty cool. Well, and and. Those compromises, right? So, so, right. <laughs> um, you know, we we, we would soon uh, later. Uh, I think if we're going to look at the historical movies, um, I think one that's definitely on my list is Carmen. Um, the the one the Carmen um, Carmen Jones, right? So there's Carmen, uh, made from the musical and all that kind of stuff, the opera. But then there's Carmen Jones with Dorothy Dandridge um, and Harry Belafonte. So that one is definitely on my list. And again, you 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 take what you can get, but you look back with the with the with the lens, and, and you know, folks had to get movies made. There's many movies that are so um, that have so much sex and drugs and violence in there. And uh, there's a portion, there's a time when black movies could only get made if they were run in porn theaters. 
And so mm-hmm. you during that whole black exploitation side, you had a whole lot of movies that had a whole lot of things that you couldn't see as a kid uh, because in order to get made in the first place, Sweet, uh, Sweet Baby's Badass Song is is one of those, right? Um, um, Peebles, Mario Peebles had to make that movie as a softcore porn movie in order for it to get made in the first place. And then it sets a theme and a motif for other films that that then we have to think about those compromises. Yeah, I couldn't wow. really think of of anything that wasn't super recent as far as like the API community goes. You know, I tried to watch some of those um, 80s movies where there was like mm-hmm. a China or an Asian character and I couldn't. They were so bad, like 16 Candles, I think was one. Like, oh. I was like, oh, it's so popular. I've never seen it before. So we try to watch it and I just thought... Well, oh my god! And there is that thought where people are like, "Oh, why did you know? Why do you people take the roles if they're so offensive?" And it's like because there are no roles. There are I no mean, roles. Just right? Saw, you have to get in. Right. We just saw the Golden Globes. Um, Michelle Yeoh, you know, oh, yeah. won. And what what she said on during her speech, where she was like, "When I came here, you know, coming to Hollywood was a dream come true until I got here." Mm-hmm. Because. There were no opportunities from her for her, and I remember I grew up watching her in uh, old Chinese movies that were dubbed into Hmong. And we go to these, you know, movie rental places on University Avenue, um, and so I've been watching her for a long time now. And so when I saw her as a Bond girl, that was mm-hmm. so exciting, and for her to be a Bond girl that knows how to kick butt, like. Heck yeah, right? So <laughs> when they tried to put the, play just, the music to get her off stage, she turned around and she yes. said, Hey, uh-uh, put that back in there. I'll come back there and beat you all up. Don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> I can beat you up. It's like, yep, for sure. So seeing her winning the award, um, but also Ki He Kwan, who won for everything everywhere all at once. He was the, oh, yeah. the little boy in the Steven Spielberg um, Indiana Jones movies and the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And he'd, he'd essentially quit acting after that because there were no roles. And what really brought him back was um, Crazy Rich Asians, which Michelle Yeoh was mm-hmm. also in. I what, you know I now, was so excited about that what, movie. What character was he, Haley? What no, character so he was he in, in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I thought but, no, no, that's just what, what I thought you just that, said. Yeah, just the fact that Asian-centric movies were being made. Got it. He kind of okay. came back and was like, are there roles for me now? So, I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to try to think of a movie where I'm like, oh, you know, if you want to. I mean, Joy Luck Club was a big deal when that came out, too. Well, just just let's be clear. We're, we're talking about in terms of American cinema because – Chinese cinema yes. and, and Japanese cinema, of course, was running oh, yes. full tilt through a whole time with with whole whole lot of movies that we so so like we're we're we are boxing a little bit for the United States. Yes, right, yeah. exactly. Um, so the thing I didn't like about Crazy Rich Asians was like it was kind of the first big Asian centric movie that's come out mainstream USA, right? In like the last thirty years. And a lot of people just, after watching that, because Americans are not always that smart, thought that's how Asians were. Like, we're all just super rich. You know, and- so it's like, <laughs> on one hand, you're super excited because this this book from this Asian person and this all-Asian mm-hmm. cast is getting made. But on the other hand, it's like people who are outside our community are thinking that we're all just all loaded. Well, like, so... <laughs> 
What's funny about that, I guess it's all bittersweet, right? This is part of what I'm seeing here as a motif is even as we go back and make lists of classic movies for ourselves, as we take our moment of nerding out, we we still have to deal with the complications. It's complicated Mm -hmm. because of the roles we've had to take. It's complicated because of what we had to do to even get films made. And then as we're talking, to your point, uh, Lee, um, right after Crazy Rich Asians came out, I began to find folks were referencing not things, <laughs> cultural ways of being that Asian folks were speaking to, I, I, I began to see them reference things that were in that movie. And it almost became the talking points for, for exploring that. And then if you just Google, like if you were to Google what to watch and you say Asian movies, you'll get things like Crazy Witch Asians and Raya and Minari, which Minari is a, mm-hmm. a, a, is a newer one that I think is a very interesting one about this uh, this um, Asian family trying to farm and start this farm in I think it's Wisconsin um, or, or some kind of Midwest town, and it's um, it's it's real deep. Um, and it's one of the but, newer ones too. That yeah, it's one of the newer ones for sure. Yeah, and you have things like Tiger Tail and Searching. Um, uh, there, there's there, recently we can make a bigger, better list than when we when we look mm-hmm. historically. But unfortunately, you'll also get things on your list like Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Tropic <laughs> Thunder is not what? an Asian film, but constantly comes up because why? It takes place during Vietnam, <laughs> so the algorithm will put a bunch of stuff on 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 your on your list that ain't got no, nothing to I do with Asian Tropic folks. Tropic Thunder got more in tr- more in trouble for the blackface, <laughs> right? Which uh, I'm sorry, it's gonna be controversial, controversial, but um, that that was hilarious. <laughs> it it <laughs> was. Well, you know, I was, having. So I grew up when when I'm when I think Asian films. I grew up in the era where we grew up watching Charlie Chan, the detective. Have you guys ever seen any? No. Wow. See, now mm-hmm. I'm really dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like an Asian Sherlock Holmes, Chinese, and his yeah, a, son. A, 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 I, I think I, it's like it's in Honolulu, right? Exactly. They were um, black and white movies, probably made mm-hmm. during the late 30s and 40s. Uh, real stereotypical. I'm not even sure the actor who played Charlie Chan was Asian. When um, I when I think about it now, Earl um, Earl. Um, oh shoot! I, I, the reason I bring this up is because I just found a collection of old movies when I was t- uh, doing some cleanup stuff at my at my grandparents' house. So so I found some old ones, and I think there were Charlie Chan movies like way back. We're talking like um, yeah. Uh, Thirty in the we're talking another thirties like like the same era as Imitation of Life right? Um, it was it was like late twenties Memoirs of a Geisha when that came out. Oh yes, and how like a lot of the actors in that movie were not Japanese; they were other of other Asian descent, mostly Chinese, and how just normalized that was in the mainstream. Like I don't people don't even realize how how different it is. But when you're getting a mainstream media or when you're getting a mainstream movie produced and made, and it takes place anywhere in Asia, any Asian actor is fair game, apparently. Um, and so there was <laughs> some controversy within the Asian community about, like, you know, well, she's Chinese portraying a Japanese person. And, you know, as we talk about representation, where where does that play in, 
right? When you're having uh, uh, same thing with One Day at a Time, the the remake that was on Netflix for a few mm-hmm. seasons. It's, it's about a Cuban family, but most of the people in the show are Puerto Rican. So you know, at what point does it start to become a, a problem? Yeah, but if we can get if we can get Jeff Chandler playing Indian, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's America, and and we're. We're set in the American, you know, the American uh, film industry, and and we got a lot of that. So, you know, Charlie Chan, the the actor who played him, was actually a Swedish American, mm-hmm. right? Because I remember now the fake mustache they they put a Fu Fu Manchu type of mustache on this individual. But when I was a kid growing up, I didn't know that he was an Asian. You know, I mean. So when, you know, as you get older and you look back on those things, um, it, um, you know, then you can, you can say, wait a minute, that guy's not even Oriental, but more importantly, it takes time to overcome the stereotypes that you're inundated with because I didn't have many Asian friends who could discern and tell me the difference. Or, you know, because when I think back to that time period, most Asian folks that we saw in the movies were depicted very negatively and or exploited. So, like, you know, uh, again, um, How the West Was Won is another example of where Chinese were brought to the United States during that time, allowed to immigrate to build the railroads, Right. And then when jobs mm-hmm. got tight, bam, they they closed the doors and tried to exclude them, and um, you know, and and that you know that's a historical fact. But how they portrayed in those movies continued that type of stereotype, and you know, I guess for me, so you know, Anthony, you got me thinking. So so like you know that because I, you were completely right about those two different versions of imitation of life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I mean, it, my, I've been thinking about that, and it was Claudette Colbert who played in the first one in the thirties, okay. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was Lana Turner who played that's right that role in the fifties, right? That's right, fifties, sixties. And you're right, you know, the sanit- sanitation that went on uh, between those two, and I forget the name of the guy in the first one who played uh, Claudette Colbert's manager. Who happened mm-hmm. to walk in on the shop, taste those pancakes, mm-hmm. and it, and then they went on from there. And yeah. um, but you know, <clears throat> not and then not all movies, old movies, that you know, if the theme was movies that not only you know do we th- find significantly uh, historically um, important f- for our kids, but just movies. I think that maybe maybe had an impact on us growing up, and and um, <laughs> there are so many. I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow it down. But you know, one that I always enjoyed watching, even when I was growing up, was "It's a Wonderful Life" hmm. with Jimmy Stewart, and um, just the storyline. Even though it was nonsense. And even though, you know, when I, and, you know, just this idealized, you know, um, American life, because there were black people in there, none of us spoke, right? 
but uh, we showed up in a couple scenes, especially toward the end, where all all the townspeople come in and they're bringing money to give to George in order to help, you know, the 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 uh, the um, financial institution that that was going under. There were some black folks who came in that scene and were standing in the background. I went, oh, look, there are black people in that town. <laughs> so, you know? Oh, I got something to add. So you just got me thinking now. And 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 I, I appreciate this because, you know, again, we have that motif that even though we are are are, are nerding out a little bit in our cinephile side of our, us, it's complicated, right? And so mm-hmm. can I put a movie on this list that's not going to um make somebody to to your point earlier, Flea, live only in the stereotypes because of the sacrifices that folks had to make just to get get the film made or to be in Hollywood at all. And so in community, we know what to what to apply to our culture and what we know is just is just Hollywood, but that gets blurred over time. Um, and then gets recreated and taken. For example, my my um my uncle loves um uh, oh what's the one with the uh, cowboys, the uh, John Wayne. Uh, it's well. Let me back up. John the original, Wayne. No, the the original that I'm thinking of is a Kurosawa film, Seven Samurai, right? Classic, oh. classic. It, when it came out, was was one of the most expensive films ever made in Japan. Amazing storyline. I love it. I used to watch it with, in black and white, and it was. We had this interesting thing. My my the men I grew up under loved kung fu flicks, especially. When when Asian kung fu characters were knocking the mess out and, and and showing how dope they were in the martial arts side over over European characters, right? It was like a place you went <laughs> to to have to feel like <laughs> somehow we win, <laughs> and so we, we we'll take any, any way any way we can. So Seven Seven Samurai was 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 great, but what do most folks remember? The same story was remade, magnificent to the magnificent seven. seven. Right, completely mm-hmm. taken from that Kurosawa story, right, with no uh, right. acknowledgement or honor to the original. So I also have films on on my list that are going back to reclaim some of those originals. So Seven Samurai were definitely one of them. The other one that comes up, you mentioned it earlier, Billy Jack, and and I gotta I gotta come back to that one because I will never forget that moment in the town. When Billy Jack looks at that the, that mob of townsfolks trying to mess with those little those those little kids, and he said, "I'm gonna put this foot right in the what's the line, Don?" He said, "I'm gonna put this foot on the right side of your face, and there's not a damn thing you can do yeah. about it." <laughs> and then does it, um, you know? And 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 there's amazing things in Billy Jack. It it it's a fictional story. It wasn't necess- It wasn't made by native folks. Yes. But you in there, you have one an example of of uh, a native hero, action hero in that space. You have a freedom school actually per- uh, portrayed. Freedom schools often had to go on res in order to survive and not be messed with in the way that they were outside of that. So there's some interesting things that come out of that. I think Billy Jack was the first um, kind of like we just gonna take our imagination to our own hands and, 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 and make an action hero. There's some, some, well, but that, in- that came out during aim. True. Right. True. That came out American in that movement, time yeah. period, which is what I think allowed it to even be made. Mm. Right. Mm. I mean, so, so, mm. you know, so for me, when I put it in context, it came out during after aim and after what aim was doing, and AIM being the American Indian movement that was started here in the Twin Cities. And all the things that they were doing, then we started seeing 
movies like Billy Jack, Pow Wow Highway. Mm. Those were the early, early movies that begin to come out that begin to address who indigenous native individuals were or communities. Mm. And uh, but it was around that time because prior to that, prior to that, it was how, you know, it right. was. <laughs> I mean, you know, that you know, our roles in movies were we we were either obstructing the railroad, the you know, the advance of the railroad, or we were killing, killing a pioneer. I mean, it it was very very limited, and um, well, with the, with the exception of uh, of the Lone Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> so so he was the only although you know and and we can't in in all indigenous languages there's no word as uh what what did he used to call uh the lone ranger? What uh um, what was that term pale he used? It was, uh it wasn't pale face it was um No. What did he call uh Kimo uh, no. Kimosabi. Kimosabi, yeah. Kimosabi. There's no such word in any, right. <laughs> in any language. <laughs> and yet, right. and yet, and yet, that's the one word that most white folks oh, or yeah. most people, period, for a right? while, yeah, for a while, thought was uh, indigenous. We've talked about this before on the show. The the whole model minority. Every single mm-hmm. mainstream Hollywood movie is just lives on that from. The characters in movies like Pitch Perfect, where she's the quiet, reserved Asian girl mm-hmm. who, who nobody can understand what she's saying because she talks so low, you know, to always being the one who knows Kung Fu. Well, uh, I, shoot, you brought him up earlier, Ki, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, um, the Goonies, right? What mm-hmm. is he in the Goonies? He was the tech guy, right? He, he, he continuing... Yes. The stereotypes even in the Goonies, which is the, on my list, by the way. Hey, you guys. Or the model minority. The other one is Modern Family, which which is a, a good, funny, you know, lay on show. your ass Saturday night show or something like that. But, um, you know, the they're inclusive, right? So there's the, the woman from Colombia, and then they adopt a child from Vietnam. But the jokes that go with that are just like... It's one of those things that we kind of talked about this last week, too, is like sometimes you make jokes that aren't appropriate but are still funny to you. So I did find some of the jokes, the Asian jokes, to be like, huh, like I, can, I can see that. But some of them were just bad. Like they were having actresses on the show that I know speak perfect English do accents. <laughs> and that's the one that always gets me is when I know that these people speak English, but they have to do the accents. And everybody just accepts it that way. You know, another... Uh- and I'm I'm gonna veer off a little bit. There are there are so many so many movies, and right mm-hmm. now I'm just blanking. Right? I mean, there are just so many movies, but there's a movie that comes on all the time that I will catch at different points in the movie, and will find myself glued to the TV till it goes off. And it historic. I mean, historically, it's. It's incredible. I mean, you know, but that movie is, and and you know, don't laugh, laugh at me. Is Forrest Gump? Oh, I thought I knew you was going to say Forrest Gump before you get before you even got there. Listen, that's on the list too. It's just like so many black folks have at least at least one. Um, um, uh, oh shoot, 
Phil Collins song on their playlist. Like, it's just... <laughs> in the air at night, right? <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. I'm sorry. I, I have yet to meet. I, 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 I won't say I have yet to meet, but it's like Forrest Gump is definitely on that list. I mean, it's just a good one. And, but, you but, know... Forrest, but it's good for all of the reasons why some of these other movies are on our list to me is because it 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 calls out some of the it, it looks back at itself yes. at some of the ridiculous throughout our our historical moments. Oh yeah, I mean, and and it just I mean it grips me, sucks me in with his character and all these historical things. You know, J- John F. Kennedy, the assassination of Martin Luther King. The uh, I mean, the Vietnam War. I mean, it just mm-hmm. goes on and on. the Elvis Presley. All these kind of major historical mm-hmm. moments that I grew up with were represented in that movie, which is why I think it sucks me in. And and and, and, um, and it's classic. It is. It is. It basically takes classic Americana sans any references to Asian folks or Native folks. Um, really, exactly. Really. You, you'll see native representations in the co-optation of native, quote unquote, native garb in the in the um, in the in the hippie side of things. Right. Reference in the movie, but yeah, I mean, it does it does walk that classic space. Um, I, I think one of the critiques that some of my family had in there is that in Vietnam there was a whole lot of black and native folks on those front lines, but you only see the black folks and mm. <laughs> and and and, and, mm-hmm. and white folks in there. I have to 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 then, as I think about that classic era, there's some movies that come to mind as we nerd out that are that do take a look at some of these intersections through so many ways. Some of them are comedies. So the Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor era of 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 uh, films that um, are funny, they're fun, but they also poke fun at racism in some really fun ways. Um, See no evil, hear no evil, which. Is, um, is is you know when you look in hindsight to the deaf cultural community, it, it's pretty um, it, it, to it, it's problematic. But so many, so many were. But hear no evil, see no evil. Um, navigating the world, there's this commentary running through the whole thing of this black guy and this white guy in this in this white guy only understanding this black guy's experience because of their dis- disability. Right or or their disabledness, right? Disabledness, right? With this, which is a pathology. I know deaf culture community doesn't look at themselves through pathologically. It's a cultural community. I get that, but but this this those were starting to push the margins of some conversations that I thought were interesting. Blazing Saddles also comes to mind mm. <laughs> if we want to talk about laughing at race or pointing at that. Um, and that's a nineteen seventy four. I mean, they they Wilder Blazing Saddles. They just Mel came Brooks. out of the. They came right out of saddle on that one. I mean, they, <laughs> yep. Mel Brooks didn't hold any punches no. in that movie. Because if you remember, Howard Johnson only had one flavor back yep. then, right? <laughs> and uh, but but I I mean I can remember the townspeople. I re- remember that old lady who made the apple pie, yep. and when and when and when the sheriff Bart when, when he came up and said, "Howdy, ma'am," do you remember her response? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I it was up yours, you know, yep. in the N word. I mean, so it was it was classic. I mean, and there there was a whole era. I, I think the seventies and the, through the seventies through the eighties had if because we're kind of just moving through the decades, so mm. <laughs> we might as well keep going. Right. But um, there there's 
there there's some of those, and especially given to the Richard Pryor side, because we got to get to Harlem Nights in the 80s. Uh, 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 Harlem Nights is one of my favorite. I will quote every line from Harlem Nights. And it's one that um, pieces of it are so understandable in community without having to talk about it. I mean, it's it's just it's classic. Uh, it, it's not going to pass the the was it the the Beckmer test for for gender parity. It's not going to um, it's not going to pass the sensibility tests of our current mm-hmm. sensibility space. But we know we still go back and watch that movie when it's just us in the room, and we laugh at all the stuff is in there when <laughs> when when Red Fox tells Della Reese to swallow it and shut the. <laughs> Shut the heck up! <laughs> when when she when she knocks the mess out of out of, out of out of Eddie Murphy, like so, there are these movies that some some of them were for us for in community, and it didn't matter mm-hmm. if of outside community got it. And there were some that were having some interesting commentary on on the world as it was that I think we, we were was lost on us, um, or or at least that we don't go back and we give it the credit that it's due. So so those are some movies that are also on my list. You know, another one that that jumps out around that same genre, and when I think of of an end of you know how it, it was produced by a, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but you remember when Hollywood Shuffle came out? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. know, and and that's kind of like the Dave Meteor Chappelle. Man. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, uh, I mean, you, it always makes but, me think of Meteor Man because Robert Townsend, of course, had this whole whole stretch of amazing commentary on the level, you know, Mel in, in the, in the vein of Mel Brooks. Exactly. I I think someone needs to fill the void because my mind is there. There are just so (laughs) many movies and you, you know, you made the comment, uh, um, Anthony, that, that tickles me about, uh, you know, even in the black community, there are songs that we, you know, that we listen to by Phil Collins. I was having a comment with with my other half last week and uh, while well, we were just talking but when i think about the music that i like the music that or the music i grew up listening to i'm all over the place including classical music but i mean r&b you know soul uh rock and roll i mean i grew up with the beatles Right, I grew mm-hmm. up with Elvis. I listened to all that. Um, you know, I grew uh, there musically, like movies. Um, and I, you know, I listened Led Zeppelin. I mean, you know, my my musical taste are all James Brown. I, you know, I shared in in a story where James Brown came down to North Minneapolis, down Plymouth. In the 60s, and it, it, it was about 67, 68, or somewhere around in there where he played the old Parade Stadium uh, before mm. they put Highway 12 in there. And um, so this was prior to, well, they were building it, or they may have just completed that little stretch right there. But he came down, and it looked like a parade. And I was able I was able to, to, to get up to the front of the car where he was sitting in. I mean, that's how close that that's close as I ever been to James Brown. Mm-hmm. And um wow. but um you know, so my my musical taste is all over the place. And um and just like these movies, you know, the <laughs> movies I grew up watching are all over the place. I mean, so 
Let me ask this question then, since, since we're on this topic, because we've, 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 we've put some of our classics, some of our go-tos in there. We've talked about some of the complications, some of the history about them. Now, now, now let me ask possibly a sensitive question. So, so what movies are on your list, maybe because you like them, but also in part because if they aren't on your list, somebody going to take your card. <laughs> somebody going to culturally <laughs> check you out. For example... I'll start. I'll start because I raised the question, right? If I brought it up, I'll head it up. So Cicely Tyson, who's who, was, who I was trying to think of earlier, she had that movie with mm. Richard Pryor, Bus and Loose, where Richard Pryor is in there on the bus and they're trying to take this field trip and stuff like that. So, so Cicely Tyson is one who made classic, like, black movies that you 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 had to know because they were kind of about us, right? So Sounder, Sounder was one of them in 1972, like. Um, you know, you, you you had to know Cicely Tyson. Uh, she played the qu- Queenie in Hoodlum, the 1997 movie with Lawrence Fishburne, which I love, talking about Ellsworth Bumpy Johnson in, in, in Harlem. Um, she She's played Harriet, um, you know, The Lesson Before Dying. She had these classic um, um, uh, uh, characters in, in Black cultural history and space. Um, roots. <laughs> Right, maybe not so much for this generation, mm-hmm. but but I, I'm in a space where if you said you didn't see Roots, somebody gonna look at you funny. So I'm curious, what are some of the films that are on your list? Huh. Part in part, not all, but in part, because somebody gonna take your your black native Asian card. <laughs> well, for me, um, I go back again. I go back earlier than that, and I'm going back with Sidney Poitier. To one of his or my all-time favorites. Come on. Lilies of the Field. Lilies of the Field. <laughs> Lilies of the Field, man. There's, the, you know, the that movie, because even in that movie, you get the depiction of some of the difficulties he has as a black man, right, in the outskirts of town. But this also dealt with um, Mexican folks, I think, um, in a way that we hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lilies of the Field is one of those movies that that to me falls in that category that you were just you just brought up. How about for you, Hilly? I don't know. Can I say this because? <laughs> Because you mean, don't care. Other... Ain't nobody taking your card. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. If we talk about American mainstream or American Hollywood made movies, there's nothing. Right. Really, right? That that we can really talk about. I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was probably the first one that looked a lot like the ones we grew up watching from China. Right? Right. Um, but every other movie or every other, I mean, we all have, our languages are also different. So right. So that's, that's, that's the other hard part, like. My husband's an older guy. He likes to that we have TCM, right? Which is like the old movies that you can watch, and they have a lot of really cool old Japanese movies that we've been enjoying a lot. Um, but they're all different languages, so it's hard for me mm-hmm. to say. I mean, the only kind of thing that we sort of have was um, Gran Torino, which wasn't oh. good, you know. Um, but <laughs> that it was, was the like first the first introduction door, of like, a Hmong character, right? Exactly. exactly. And so yeah. that was a big deal. Um, was was it a good movie? No. Um, did it, you know, but it was like, oh, that's my cousin. 
that's my auntie. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as like the Hmong community, you know, and then um, when the live action Mulan came, there was a Hmong actor in there. Um, mm-hmm. He had maybe two lines, but um, it was, you know, when, when we get these little opportunities, it's so exciting. Are the stories ever really great? No. But like like we had just mentioned about the actors in the 80s and the 60s and mm-hmm. 70s where they took these jobs because it was the only role, right, that they could find. Right. Um, I so guess we're Hilly, at that Hilly, stage now as an I, immigrant community. I, I do have to bring this up. Okay. So even though I hear what you're saying, the fact that we finally got Hmong in movies happened way sooner for mm. your community than it did for many of ours because you guys have only been here since the 70s so we're right. only talking 50 years and you and now there hasn't been a major movie yet but i think the timeline has been extremely shortened for your community and uh so i i totally agree with what you're saying because i think i think um the one with clint eastwood was the first time they showed mm-hmm. Hmong characters even though they backsided it by showing the negative, you know, the yeah. the, the whole gang <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, and, and um kind of like what Kevin Cox Kevin like Kevin Costner and and dances yeah. with wolves, kind of a similar type thing. Monk storylines have come up on on TV shows like, but it's it's usually um medical shows. So it was Grey's Anatomy had yep. one, and I think Doogie yep. Hauser had one about mm-hmm. how Doogie Hauser, you know, I've never seen that. They had they had that show yet. It came oh, up. Wow. Yeah, they had they had an episode, and it's usually around, you know, Hmong people n- not liking surgery, not liking your body altered, you know, from oh, from birth, okay. and so that's it, that's always the thing, right? Or that um, we have really large families, and so when the doctor comes in, there's twenty people in the room. Uh, so, but the first feature film to actually have him uh, Hmong people was Gran Torino, and I think. It comes at a good time for the API community in general because of this latest renaissance of API stories making it into the mainstream media and making it into mainstream mm. Hollywood movies. So hopefully there's a lot more coming. And we have a lot of Hmong filmmakers who make really hilarious comedies and really scary horror films. Like Asian people love horror oh, films. But there's just, you know, the distribution is not there. And, and we've got to be clear, right? We're doing some boxing here because one, we're speaking through, from our three perspectives here. So Luce isn't here. Mm-hmm. So so we could continue and expand this with Latinx, ident- you know, identities and mm-hmm. some of that history. So we've got to come back and visit and visit the the conversation. There's also some, um, you know, we're also boxing to the United States, and so yes. you know, in that space, you know, of of the three communities represented here. Um, for black folks, and part of it's because of the co-optation of our culture and the fact that we've written much of American culture, even though we get credit for very little of it. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, we've got we've. This is an area where we have gotten some representation that 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 Native and Asian communities haven't as much, um, good or bad, and there's some complications to it. For example, the '90s has a huge slew of classic black cinema um, that that. Balloons. I mean, you've got Malcolm X, Poetic Justice, Friday, uh, White Men Can't Jump, This Intersection, House Party, uh, Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Eve's Bayou, Driving Miss Daisy. Um, you, 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 um, these are just popping off the top, but but uh, Hoodlum, Candyman was in there, Posse. We got a cowboy film in the mix, right? So so um, the Five Heartbeats, right? There are these 
uh, Crooklyn. I could just keep going. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the one? It takes place in New York. It's um, um, it's a uh, um, uh, 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 a Spike Lee film. That doesn't um, that doesn't narrow it down. It takes place in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Spike Lee. It takes their place during the the long hot summer. Look, my wow. car gonna get taken again just because I forgot the name of it. Um, oh, it was right there oh, oh. to tip my tongue. Um, um, New Jack City also comes to the list. So there are these 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 films that come forward that um, um, that that I can go back and look to that didn't need white folks um, to to co-sign in order to be made. And I think what's coming up for me here is is uh, we don't that list we had that breakout right to to get there. And we're only just now seeing um, in the United States context, because remember, Bollywood's been a thing forever and a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Chinese movie cinemas have been a for the day. Japanese film cinema has been a, been around forever and a day. They haven't needed U.S. Uh, participation to thrive, and so we're mm-hmm. outside of that. Um, Do the right thing is what I was trying to remember. Mm. Um, by Spike Lee, who also made Michael Max, Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blue. So there's there, there, these are also on the list, and some of them are ones that you know better be on your list for if you are '80s or '90s baby. Um, and I have, you know, we can even get into the 2000s. But what I what I find interesting in the theme throughout all of this is we fight, we fight, we fight to get the films made. We make sacrifices, we make con- con- conventions, um, we we even stab at perpetuating stereotypes. But then we get films that are just r- knock it out the park. That's us. And that's a great representation of us. I'm curious what those films are for you. Well, they don't exist yet. <laughs> I was I had a so, feeling he was gonna say that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think I think that smoke signals mm. would have been one that as native people we could relate to because there was the native humor mm. in there. It dealt with on the res, you know, it, 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 and that it, was 98. Um, right. You know, so, so there, there are, you know, there were, for the first time we were seeing ourselves, how we really were, are, could be through comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so smoke signals for us, for, for, for the native side was one of the first times that we saw anything depicting us in any type of manner that we could relate to, right? Even though I am a different, you know, even though I'm Ojibwe mm-hmm. and they were down in Coeur d'Alene, you know, and, and I think in Idaho, um, but the humor was the same. I mean, you know, it would, and uh, we could identify with that. Um, prior to that, there was nothing, you know, mm-hmm. we, we had Kimosabi. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> seriously I'm, I'm serious you know we until yeah. billy jack came out you know mm. and um uh but you know prior to that it, it you know the the most positive image we had seen in the movies was was uh jay silverheels you know as, mm. as tonto and um and that that's saying a lot so at least on that side now on the, the other side again there are so many to pick from you know, where, where, um, and I'm just blanking. I mean, there are, you know, there are just, there's you know, been one, many more. One on that list that makes me cry 
every single time is Boys in the Hood. Mm. Um, mm. Boys in the Hood for me is one of the ones that it like it it set the it it set the space because in that one never once did we get made fun of for crying watching that movie. It's 1991. It's you know you got Ice Cube in the mix, Cuba Gooden Jr., um, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, that one, I and I remember, I remember seeing it with my homies for the first time, and like everybody was crying, right? Everybody mm. was singing Cooley High Harmonies. <laughs> everybody, you know, and 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 it was cool to do it. It like it ushered in this this. It's just a thing, and so that for me, just because of my age. That one sticks with me for a long time. Um, mm. My mother would say "Color Purple," um, mm. and 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 that one's on there for her. Um, well, I mean, the the play has been on Broadway forever and a while. Man, that that one was a rough one to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I it don't. Was. I'm, I'm like you, Don. I can't. I can't. I can't really think of one. Um, I mean, when we were young, yeah. Mulan came out. You know, that was a big deal. Uh, we were all in love with Ming-Na. She was just amazing. Um, not all of the voices were Asian voices, but a, a, a lot were. Um, honestly, like some of the more recent ones, the some um, Easter Sunday came out last year and by Joe Coy. It, was it a great movie? No, but did I laugh a whole lot because I could relate? Yes. You know. The guilty <laughs> the pleasure life, one. Eh, you know, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, first movie we went to see in the theater, you know, after the pe- whole, the pandemic. So, like, the first movie we went to watch, and still is, the first and only movie we've gone to the theater to watch in the last three years. Other than that, like, I know, I the, so I've said this before in the show, after a long day of work and working on these sorts of issues, the last thing I want to do is watch a movie mm-hmm. that's super dramatic and sad. Um, yep. <laughs> so I, I, I like to watch a lot of comedy specials. And I think there have just been some really, really, really great comedy specials lately. Oh, man. And not not exclusive to API, right? right. Um, some of the, the other BIPOC comics that I watch, I'm just like, oh my God, we do that too. Or oh my God, we're you know, we're so much more alike than than we would have thought. And I've had friends who have watched Shang Wang has a, a special, I think it came out last year, and it was hilarious. And I have a lot of BIPOC friends who come up to me and say, I know, like, you know, he talks from his Asian viewpoint, but, like, we totally got it, too, you know, and we bond yeah. over the, those sorts of things. And so yes. watching these comedies have just been, like, uh, it. not only does it make you laugh and kind of recognize, you know, all the weird things and, and stuff like that, it's it's a guilty so, pleasure for sure. I, to that point, and, and this one's not so much a guilty pleasure because I actually think it's a, it's a – geniusly done film and it's 2000 catfish and black bean sauce and um it's one that i i got together so so yeah me me and and, uh, and asian friends bonded over a whole lot of black films because you know we had mm-hmm. them we had these films out there hey we gonna appreciate we gonna we gonna you know we gonna build some solidarity around at least you got some out there right so so but this one i thought was absolutely hilarious it stars um uh chi moi lo as uh um uh, a Vietnamese, so so basically, a black couple during Vietnam adopt a Vietnamese brother and sister, and move to L.A., right, or move to California, and 
the daughter is old enough to retain some of her identity and some of some of some of the hold on to the to, to cultural space. The boy was too young, and so he adopts and grows up in black neighborhoods, right? Um, mm. in, in 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 black California, in LA, right? So he's like a manager at a bank and he uses black vernacular. His best fr- uh, he's he's dating Sanaa Lathan, um, who's in the film. Um uh, one of the classic black moms. Um, uh, ever Mary Alice, who was the one of the oracles in the in the Matrix movies, uh, plays the mom, and and it and and so this is the premise. But what happens is the daughter goes and finds her birth mom, and has always bumped heads with her adopted mom, trying to retain her culture. While her adopted mom's like, "Why don't you love me? I'm the one who raised you." And they bump heads, and then she goes and gets her mom and brings her home. And moves her in. And the whole thing is just all of these conflicts that result in the culture clashes, including calling her brother out for trying to ditch his Asian identity. So, so it it is this beautiful, hilariously done um, film about this clash and intersection. And you laugh, you're behind off. And that's the it thing. Is, it can be hilarious and yes. still really talk about those issues, right? Yeah. Real life issues, but also be hilarious. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want every night. Okay. It's something that <laughs> it's hilarious while also really making a statement like, like Don had mentioned earlier, uh, mm. especially for, you know, statements that have never been made publicly in the mainstream media before. I remember we just recently watched Smoke Signals again too. And mm-hmm. I remember just and going... I can relate to those sorts of things, you know, and how funny it is that we're laughing at something that, you know, maybe the mainstream media didn't think was funny or didn't understand, but we're like, hell, that is hilarious. We also do that. (laughs) And then before we end, um, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, I, I guess my first Asian superhero or, or someone that, uh, kind of changed the whole genre from uh from when i was a kid growing up watching superman batman and the green lantern oh. with kato bruce mm. lee that would that would be my man bruce lee <laughs> i mean you know enter the dragon uh you know i mean that's another movie that no matter if i happen to come across it no matter what point it is in that movie i will find myself glued to the tv to the end and and Bruce had that kind of impact. I mean, he changed he changed that whole genre. And um whether you whether some folks think it was positive or for me it it was a affirmation that another person of color had a strong role. You know, so to me that that was the common theme whether it was native, black, Asian, Chinese, it didn't matter. It was the fact that a person of color had a leading, strong, positive role, something different than what we were accustomed to seeing growing up. And um, Bruce falls in that category for me. I think uh, we were grow- we grew up in the, the Jackie Chan, Jet Li mm-hmm. <laughs> era. Um, Which I didn't see until I went over to Asian friends' houses. I didn't get to see those until I went over Asian friends' houses, and they had copies of them, um, uh, of those movies before before the 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 crossover into U- U.S. Um, Hollywood Hollywood spaces. And so I would I would watch the the English 
dub versions at um, uh, we would get the English dubs versions later, but I watched the subtitle versions at at Asian friends' houses, uh, and 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 was like, yes, right. So like, but but we all then in ran into the issue where now I was being acculturated that Asian culture meant kung fu films, and had mm-hmm. to get schooled and ran headlong into that 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 challenge because in order to you know to get some representation we often will begin with the stereotypes and then that's what you go and you start to act on mm-hmm. and have to get checked as a result right yeah um, i mean we're talking about stereotypes i think um not a movie but uh, nora from queens the the tv mm. show with aquafina um yeah. for all of the 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 issues and drama surrounding that i i love that show because of the grandma because mm. it really shows that our elders are not just stoic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. traditional, you have to do this because that's tradition that, you know, but that our grandmas are funny and they can be weird and they can be quirky. And I, I and that's something that you you never see before with older Asian characters, right? They're always wisdom and they're the ones who know, the you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so I really like that show because she's just like a weird older lady and you <laughs> just don't see that. Yeah, and and it all it all is built on the on the backs of the folks who've kicked in the door, even if it was a toe, even if it was a sliver. We you know we we have gotten to where we are from the folks who stepped out there and tried to create stuff. And it's there's problems everywhere. And I, I just want to make sure that you know even it's always complicated. Even when we just start to list a few movies out, we're not making exhaustive lists. We're not saying all the things that should be right or wrong with movies. We're just listing the movies that would come to our mind when we think of movies in different spaces. And so I'd love to continue that. Cause I'm a cinephile. I like to, I love me some movies where I, uh, um, you know, me, 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 me and my wife bonded in, 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 in high school over what was then became one of the classic films of the time. Um, and, 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 that was Love and Basketball, which in hindsight is a not a great movie, but it captured our minds in high school because <laughs> here's a a, a a love story between two basketball players who were beautiful. Love Jones is on that list, so we could keep going all all, all you know all the way down. We haven't even gotten um, into the nerding out either. We sure uh, did. Lord hey, we didn't even bring up, We didn't even bring up Black Panther. Show did well. We stayed prior to the 2000s. I think we stopped firmly in the 90s, so we have to come back and hit the 2000s. Except for me, except for my, my the Asian stuff, because that's mostly that's right uh, newer, <laughs> newer stuff. That's right. You had to speak from those, but then, then that just shows the complication. Even in a conversation about classic movies, it's complicated right. yet again. Because we didn't have any good ones or any any ones where the Asian character was center and not a stereotype and actually played by an Asian car- person. That's the right. one. Right, just like Don said, like, yeah, they they put us in movies, but we're not the ones who are playing those roles. So mm-hmm. it's hard to to think back as far as American mainstream media goes. Right. Again, Correct. to yes, because well, United we States talk in particular. Everything else. Yes. Um, you guys, this has been a really fun conversation, and I have a list of all the movies that I need to rewatch because <laughs> when I watch them younger, I'm I, obviously we're all going through this, but. You watch a movie that you loved in high school and you're like, oh, that was not a good movie. Or uh, <laughs> you pick up a lot of things in some of the more adult themed 
uh, movies than you did when you were younger. So a lot of stuff that I want to go back and rewatch as well. Um, thank you guys for, for doing this. I, we should definitely continue this conversation when we have Luz with us. Uh, this has been Counter Stories. I'm Halili, owner of the other media group, Counter Stories producer and VP of programming at Ampers. Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church and senior partner at the Dendros Group. Don Eubanks, member of the Mille Band of Ojibwe Indians and associate of Dendros Group. Thanks for joining us. This has been Counter Stories, a co-production of the Counter Stories crew and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For a full conversation, please visit counterstories.com. <laughs>